the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives captives free. Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Give up a chance. Give up your heart. Love never fails. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with one of my favorite young ladies in the world, Andriana Johnson. Uh, She is 24 years old. 24? Oh my gosh, 24 years old, a Bay Area native um, who is just, who is not just, actually, she's gone on. She's received her undergraduate degree in Louisiana and now has achieved her master's in social work. And has just recently accepted a position um, in San Francisco. I think right now uh, she's employed as a housing specialist in San Francisco, but she's moving into a social work role. We're going to be talking all about that. Super excited for her and excited to have her on the show. Andriana, Nana and I, we go way, way back. And uh, I'm uh, I couldn't be more proud uh, and er- I just love everything about her, except that you're making me seem a little bit old i just have to say (laughs) you need to calm down welcome to the show andriana thank you so much for having me (laughs) yeah so so you know just for the listening audience to kind of hear um i had the pleasure of meeting andriana when she was was it 10 or i think 11 or 12 okay 11 11 or 12 And um, she came to, I was teaching a dance. I was a instructor, the leader of a dance troupe called Love Walk. And she joined the troupe there in San Leandro at Faith Fellowship. And um, I just uh, always just love working with her and um, just artistically and just all the other things that come along with, you know, Andreana is very analytical. She's extremely smart. She's resourceful. Um, you know, and I had the, I had the pleasure of giving her a, um, a reference recently and I was just raving about her. I go, man, I love this girl. I just love her. What else can I say? She just the bomb.com, but you know, so proud of you. You just got your master's in social work. Now you're going to apply it, working with young people in the inner city and and applying it using art, applying it using all kinds of modalities that we've been, 
you know, we've been working with since you were you were young. And so tell us, tell the listening audience, you know, how did this all begin? Um, what made you interested in dance and the arts and social work? Maybe just tell us a little bit about who you are, Adriana. Um, well, first, thank you for just everything that you said. That's really lovely. I'm just so grateful for you. And I really appreciate you. Hmm. But I think, um, honestly, the I can go on and on about my experiences in life and what molded me into being who I am today. However, I guess I can start with what brought me into social work. Um, so when I was younger, I thought that I was going to grow up to be a detective just because it looked fun. But as I got older, I started realizing I have a genuine care for people in the world. And it may seem cliche because people always say like, oh, you know, I want to help the world. But I just felt it in me young. So I began reflecting on a lot of childhood experiences that I had with I have I have um two mentally ill brothers who have schizophrenia. I've lost um family to gang violence. I've lost a family member to police brutality. And I grew up in a um single single mother household and I'm the youngest of seven children. And I've lived all across the Bay Area. So as I reflected on my life and the traumas that I've experienced I decided I wanted to go into social work and specifically help children and families. I'm very open to helping anybody, but I kind of driven towards youth because Mm -hmm. I know how it feels to be a kid and experience the trauma and be neglected for it Mm -hmm. or try to present it to your parents and be dismissed or present it to another loved one and be dismissed, dismissed. So I wanted to go into a field where I can really be that outlet for somebody and give them a safe space to talk to, give them proper advice if they want the advice and just provide a good example for them. And then through the grace of God, I was able to meet you when I was 12 and you were a great example of that in my life that has contributed to me becoming who I am as well, especially with my experience in Love Never Fails. And I think that God just works in just a insane, insane way because when I joined Love Never Fails, it was about a year, a year and a half or two before I moved to Richmond. And then when I moved to Richmond, I kind of just was thrown to the streets and was just on my own. So when I was in Love Never Fails, I was able to gain a lot of street knowledge and just knowledge in general on how to navigate being alone in this world, especially as a young Black girl. Mm-hmm. really any young girl but just as a, a child really period which again brings me back to why I concentrated in children and family yeah and seek I have now yeah I still remember um so you were you know we were doing our dance uh, one Friday night and it was you and um another young lady um who was your friend she she you brought her and um and then the two of y'all we're going to go back to Richmond on bus together. And I remember how I was always so protective with you guys and I never wanted y'all to be on bus. So I was like, let me see if I can give you a ride. I'm like, Oh my gosh, Richmond is so far. So this one particular time, I think we got you on BART and then 
you were like, it's fine. I'm just going to walk, walk to my house or something. And then this truck, remember the truck followed you. And yeah. You were calling me and from the street and, you know, and ducking underneath cars or trucks. I don't know. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, it was really insane. Like a movie scene. It was really crazy. Yeah. And I was just and like, oh my gosh, these girls this, are, the sad Ugh. part about it is that that was one of my most memorable moments, but that kind of was something that would occur almost on like every other day because I was outside a lot. I began working at 16. So I started, I didn't have a car, so I had to get to work somehow. I had to take myself to school. I was commuting from Richmond to San Leandro at one point to go to school. Mm-hmm. So it was just, yeah, a lot of experiences like that. And right, you know, and I think it's important to note is that you were you were commuting on the blade. This is the place yeah. where people are sold. This is on 23rd in Richmond, not like off tucked away somewhere. I mean, it was where it was yeah. jumping off. So um, yeah. that was, you know, it was it was really rough. And I just I thank God for keeping you, you know, safe all those years. And um, you were just you were very tenacious, you know, you, you were going to do well in school. You were going to do your, your arts. You're going to do your, you know, I remember you also started to take some Afro Haitian classes and you started doing that too. And, you know, you were just, you got a job, you know, you were just always like determined, like, I'm not going to, and there were things that happened, you know, that were traumatic along the way. Um, but, you know, you, you pushed through and, I I just really admire you for that. And, um, and, you know, and I know it was probably really scary, you know, but you, you overcame that, those emotional challenges to um, just keep going. And so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about some of the things, you know, because I think, I don't think, I don't want to sell you short, you know, it's like you, you, you've, you've been through so much, to get to this point. And I think it's important as we celebrate Black History Month and we celebrate um, the strength uh, and the ingenuity and um, tenaciousness, relentlessness even to move ahead of, uh, you know, Black people and young people. And like, as you said, young people in general, people who are living in difficult circumstances. Um, I think um, it is uh, important to kind of break some of this down. So we're going to we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more with Andriana Johnson. And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. 
Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Andriana Johnson, who uh, was a member of my original Love Walk dance team, which is actually where our young lady was dancing along with us, who um, went missing and uh, we later found out was trafficked in um, and so Andriana was right there with me when all of this was happening. And I wanted us to spend some time, first of all, talking about her life and about all the wonderful things she's done and things that she's overcome and challenges that she's encountered along the way, uh, especially in celebration of Black History Month. I want to just um, highlight this powerful young lady who is doing the big things for the kingdom and big things for the world. Uh, and I also wanted to get some, I've never actually asked you these kinds of questions, Andreana, about how it felt for you to be a student in the group when one of our young ladies, um, you know, was no longer there and was now out being trafficked for like a year. I mean, how did that, how did that hit you? Did you know what it was about? Did, did you like, I know what, I know we talked about it. Because I wanted to make sure you guys knew what human trafficking was and how you could protect yourself and whatnot. But how did it how did it feel to you to be a student the same age? Actually, she was a little older than you. Um, I think she was two years older than you. She was Elijah's age. So, yeah, you were, you're 24 now. He's 26. Yeah. See, I have to count on my chickens, you know, because <laughs> there were so many of you guys. <laughs> it was hard to keep up. But anyway, so tell me, how did it feel? Um, I don't know if I ever really reflected on it. I remember I did have a genuine sense of care and concern for her. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that moment really opened my eyes to a new variety of the world that mm -hmm. I was familiar with, but not too familiar with. And I just felt I felt really appreciative for the girls that were in the group and for you being the lead of the group and just guiding us and really giving us true information of the world that we needed, especially mm -hmm. in the areas that we all resided in and really giving us the skills to protect ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 concerned. Yeah. I remember you. Because you're you're a deep thinker, Andriana. You know that. You'd be like, wait a minute. So this is yeah. the way that happens? <laughs> yeah. Like, wait a minute. Hold on a minute. Somebody just said this to me. Do you think that this could be happening? I'm like, uh, maybe. <laughs> so you really yeah. pondered everything. Yes. And um, yeah. So and then you also shared it with your friends. You shared it with others. But you know, even in in you know our our families. Right. So we're, you yeah. know, there were things going on in the family setting with maybe cousins or close friends or people that came to the cookout and right. we began to look at it and go, Whoa, 
that's he's a pimp. Yeah. She's being mm-hmm. pimped out. I, I didn't I didn't get that before. Did you have right. those moments? Yeah. Yeah, I did. You know, I was around it for a little bit and in my perspective it was supposed to be normal. Yeah. But as I started gaining knowledge, I noticed I started clashing with people who lived it as a norm because yeah. it would always be the argument like, oh no, you know the basic you know the base armor is just like, oh no, like she wants to do that or nobody's even being forced to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's where the clashes and arguments, even from when I was a kid till now, still happen because I have the other side's perspective. Yeah. of human exploitation versus what the world sees, especially with social media nowadays. It's, yeah, it's just always been yeah. a debate now. Mm. Yeah, it's it's glamorized now and it's, yeah. you know, it's all about choice and self-determination. And I say human trafficking or sex work, whatever you want to call it, is what you choose when you have no choices. It's the choice of no choice. Right. And right. Uh, Especially if you're really young. And yeah, somebody way older or vulnerable, you know, you have right. no money, you need, you need food, right. you, need, you know, you, so this person's got what you need. Okay. If you want to call that a choice, I would, right. but some people do. So, yeah. but, um, but it, yeah, so I was, I was really grateful to see that. Um, but you know, you're, you, you processing through all of those things. And even as you made decisions about relationships, um, you know, different, you know, people you liked or different behaviors people were ha- showing you, you're like, mm, I don't know about that one. Mm-mm, he ain't coming yeah. right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that, yeah. that was good. That was really good. Um, what made you want to? So I, 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 I'm trying to remember when you, you began to think about social work. I think it was in your 11th or 12th grade year. Was that? Was it right around there? Yeah. And uh, was there anything, you know, so, so we didn't really touch on this and maybe we'll, uh, maybe we will go into it, but it was around then when, um, you know, Oscar Grant, your cousin was, was murdered. I think in the 11th grade, right? It's when you did the dance. When was it? Um, When I did the dance. Yeah. So, so in the series of events. Yeah. when my cousin was murdered, it was when I was in sixth grade. However, that's when I thought I was going to go into police work and being that's a detective. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. But by the time I got to the end of high school, 11th and 12th grade, I still wanted to do the police work, but then I started noticing I more have the concern of helping people. Mm-hmm. And that's where I slowly went into college and introduced myself to social work by uh, uh, my junior year in college and decided yeah. like that's yeah. what I'm going with. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So that's, I do remember you starting to have that, you know, mm-hmm. that thought around 11th grade yeah. or so. And so, so you, um, you know, thinking back to that time in the sixth grade, did you, how did that affect your, your, you know, your thought process? Were you angry? Were you sad? Were you, did you understand what was going on? Yeah, I was really, really sad. It was- I completely understood. I've always been in tune with myself. So I completely understood the measures of what occurred and the trauma that it brought. And I, I my, my whole family doesn't even know, but I went to counseling for it on my own in sixth mm. grade because 
um, the school had set it up for me. And I don't even think they talked to my mom about it, but I agreed to it. And I went and seen a counselor for the rest of the school year. But of course, discussing traumas like that and mental health isn't something that's talked about inside the home. Mm-hmm. So, of course, when I came home, I just, you know, went back to my regular days. But it did affect me greatly. And I'm just appreciative for the adults that were around to assist me with it. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, and it, it wasn't just Oscar, because then it was, you know, there was murder after murder after murder, yeah. um, you know, that just in, in the in the group of friends that was right. just created so much trauma. And, you know, for the for the friends, for the cousins, for the siblings, the mothers, everybody was just in such turmoil. And um, and and yeah, so, I mean, it's quite remarkable that you went and got help. I actually we're going to take a quick break. I want to talk a little bit about that because I have been doing quite a bit of studying about the way trauma works and. And in particular, in the African-American community, as you said, a lot of the time we don't deal with trauma, how trauma works, um, how the brain, you know, how the brain works. We don't deal with that in our homes. And so, you know, we can be going to church every Sunday um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, declaring the word of God over our our, over our minds, over our hearts. Um, but failing, he's, but he's trying to show us like, you have this, this trauma that I want to, I want right. to heal you of. And, you know, it, you need to be real about it, right? What, how it's impacting you, your behaviors, how it's got you stuck in some exactly. addictions and some, some exactly. circular repetitive behaviors that are right. going to hinder your, your, not only the way you behave, but uh, your entire family. So uh, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk a little bit. We don't have you, Andriana, show your chops a little bit here, your social worker chops. So help us psychoanalyze, uh, you know, the the trauma and the impact on the, um, you know, Black family. I think we'll be right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio 
where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Andriana Johnson, who is uh, an inspiring young woman who is, I had the pleasure of teaching dance to many, many years ago. Well, I guess it was 12 years, 12 or 13 years ago. And uh, we've been together ever since. And she's just been sharing all this wonderful work that she's been doing as she progresses towards a role as a social worker, um, which she's just about to start here in San Francisco. So excited for you, Andriana. And we were just getting ready to dig a little bit into some clinical things which I think is so important as we talk about Black History Month. You know, one of the things, you know, is undeniable about uh, Black people is that there's a resilience and there's an overcoming Mm -hmm. spirit. Um, There is a a courage. There's a creativity that Black families bring to, you know, almost every equation, right? So um, one thing, however, that has, um, I think, been a hindrance for us has been our unwillingness or our fear, if you would, of um, getting healing for mm-hmm. generational trauma, generational abuse, generational, you know, slavery doesn't just kind of slide off the table just because, uh, you know, right. a president signed a paper. Right. It doesn't it's it's embedded. Right. And in, in the way that that we we move physiologically there's, you know, and you know all about neural pathways and you know all about the different um, glands in the brain, the amygdala, the hippocampus, all of these different things that form the way that we function, our emotions, the way things that we remember. So, you know, how when you think about the world going forward, you know, you, you being 24, you're starting your career here. What do you hope you can bring to um to young people, as you said, in general, because I think uh, every people needs this, but just thinking a little bit more about kind of the cultural stigma that's associated in the black community. Um, what, what are your hopes that you can kind of change as, in that regard? Um, existence. My mission is to provide existence to kids, especially those of color, because I grew up in a household where each one of us was trained that because for some reason, the number of years that you live on this earth, your feelings are not validated and they don't exist. It's very crazy because it's almost like we just have to put on a fake happy for our eternity of living in our parents' household. And we can't come to them when we've been hurt somewhere, when we've been emotionally hurt by them or people outside of the household. So I want to provide children with a sense of existence to let them know that I am here as an adult that does hear your concerns and um, just all these things that you're facing. Even if it's something that a child, say somebody 12, 13, however, really any age disagrees with something I'm doing and is blatantly telling me what you're doing is hurting me Mm -hmm. emotionally, physically. I should be able to hear that and acknowledge that. But for some reason, when I was raised, any opinion from a child is like, you're a kid. You can't say that. And it literally just made no sense. So that's something that I really want to bring to the population I'm going to work with. Yeah. So the, the old, uh, be seen, but not heard. Be yeah. seen, but not heard. Keep your mouth shut. You ain't grown. Sit back. Mm-hmm. You don't know nothing. And, you know, 
Let's talk about that, Andriana, because that behavior, one thing I like, I've been doing some research and there's a doctor, I think her name is Janine Fisher, I want to say, and I've been doing some some training with her. She's pretty awesome. Uh, Janina Fisher. And um, and she talks about unwanted behaviors, even on the parts of our parents, even on the parts of ourselves. She asks us to ask a um, curiosity question and it says, how did that behavior? How did that behavior help you to survive? And when I think about just think for a moment about your mom, she said, sit back, you know, children are to be seen and not heard. What was her reasoning for doing that, Andriana? What do you think? In my personal opinion, to make herself look better and mm. not to present like you didn't raise your kids well or in a fear that your kids are going to say something that you would deem inappropriate yeah. or the adults would yeah. deem inappropriate. Yeah. But even yeah. though back then, some a lot of stuff isn't even inappropriate, but since it's like more of old school lifestyle, it, it's considered to be. Yeah. Well, and if I go a little deeper, I think if you think about the fragility of a of, of a black mother in a time mm-hmm. years ago, think generations ago, if 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 black mothers didn't have their children in check and they had the nerve to say something that was out of order when they were slaves on the field, the yeah. whole family could lose their life. Yeah, um, that's true. Not only that, not only that, um, even even and no no matter the race, I think th- things were much harsher back in the mm-hmm. day if a child was out of order or said something. Um, but in in spe- especially if you were black, you would you mm-hmm. would you know that child could be killed. That could be a right. Yeah. Somebody could have a right to say, "I'm just just gonna." Your child said, you know. I don't know, F you or, you know, whatever they, a kid might say nowadays that people just shrug their shoulder and go, oh, disrespectful. Somebody did that back then, they'd be hung up, put in a, yeah. you know, slung over a tree somewhere. And right. so this whole, this is what I mean by generational trauma is that when you have no rights and you have no voice, then you teach your children, you do not have rights or voice and you need to look to me for every move you make as if your life depended on it. And then it becomes just part of the culture of, you know, no, this is the way we respect people. And there, and, and, and it's heavily indoctrinated into the culture. So um, more so than other people that had more liberties, right. Other races that had more liberties built into their culture. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I just think that it got diluted from then. And it's it's turned in, like you said, just more of that's just the way we raise people. Right. Not understanding where it came from. Not understanding the root of it. And I think sometimes we we um I love that question that, that Dr. Fisher asked, which is like we you know, we we're all alcoholics here, you know, and so people are like so people are like, Oh, that's bad, don't drink. But she asked right. the question, how has drinking helped you to survive? And it right. it just is like, hmm, this is like, wow, you know, 
let me think about that. Why am I addicted to this substance? Why? Because it helped me to numb out. When it helped me to numb out, I needed to be numb out because I didn't have nowhere else to go to get away from the abuse that I was enduring. And so, but I'm no longer enduring that abuse. So do I still keep needing to numb out? Just like you said, do I still keep needing to hush my children and not listen to my children and not validate my children? Or are we living in a new age where if I don't validate my children, they'll go find somebody else to be validated by. Right. Wow. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. I want to talk to you a little bit more about what you're going to be doing. Um, And, you know, I love that you, you know, you said you want them to be seen. That's your, your goal in life. You to be seen, to be heard, to tell me again. It was a one word. It was one word. To exist. Exist. You -hmm. want them to exist. Okay. Well, I want to, want to come back and talk some more about how, how can someone truly exist so we're going to come back and hear from andriana and thanks for listening to love never fails radio for more information on this program visit loveneverfailsus.com that's loveneverfailsus.com we'll be right back with more right after these messages trash bills weighing you down at case industries we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties condos and commercial shopping centers let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property noi case industries saving the planet saving you money contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223 that's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223 case industries the property manager's friend Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Andriana Johnson, who is just filling me in on all these different goals she has. And one of the things we talked about um, you know, as a young lady who's leading now a social worker and uh, has her master's degree and is now obtaining her first role as a social worker. Um, she's her charter. Her goal in life is to make sure that youth know that they exist. I think that's very powerful. What does that mean to make sure that they know they exist? So for me, when I say that, it's a branch of things. On the surface level, it's the interaction with the youth. It's interact, interacting with them and, as I said, validating their feelings, talking to them about certain scenarios, giving them a safe space to talk about certain traumas or experience or giving them the services or resources to go find the help for that. And then it branches out onto a more complex level. Because what I do understand with youth is that in, t- in reality, they are a child. Therefore, they go home to the family. So like I said, I was when I was 
having my trauma, I had my counseling, but I went home to the trauma at home. So if I can somehow figure out a way that I can get into the family system mm. and navigate the family of the youth that I'm working with and provide them with these um, resources, these skills or these teachings, these classes, whatever that I can do to help the family understand the complexity of being an individual human being in this world, that's kind of where I want to go. And even from there, expanding to the family's family. At this point, I probably wouldn't be able to actually talk to these individuals myself. However, you can go and read about their backgrounds, hear their testimonies about their backgrounds. Okay, here's a Black boy with a mental illness who has a single mother. She didn't take care of him the way that she could have. Let's talk to the mom. What was her experience in this one? Does she believe in mental illness? How was she raised about it? If she does mm-hmm. believe it, how does yeah. she feel like the right way of taking care of somebody with mental illness is understanding her perspective, understanding his siblings' perspective, his aunts and uncles. It's, it's, the family system is very important because individual counseling or individual therapy can only get you to some extent because you still go home to the misfortune and to the chaos. Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard because a lot of what you are um, in, in the mental health world you're dealing with is trying to minimize triggers, right? right? And you come back and you're being triggered all over the place because everybody that you're right. around is unhealed and they're not right. conscientious. They don't care whether they're screaming triggers you or them. Right. right? So how do you, so you, your thinking is like you go, you maybe interact with the parents and bring them into the fold. So then there's a more health in the family system and really doing some more root cause, right? Digging into the root causes of the, of the unhealthiness um, mm-hmm. is what I hear you saying. Right. But one thing I want to add is that um, I am aware and I acknowledge that when I, when I start doing that, I'm not going there to change people. Yeah. If I can have one individual client that can really see the value in their own life, that's what matters to me. Because if that individual can see their own value, even if I talk to the family or give resources and they don't take it and they stay who they are, that's going to be fine for them. They will just need to learn to continue to love themselves and make sure that they don't end up hurt in the long run, whoever that individual client is. So if I can do that with each person, that's what really, really, really matters to me. Yeah, that's good. I, you know, it's funny when, when I was spending time with you and, and, you know, the rest of the girls, I, I, I didn't really know what I was doing, Andriana. I mean, I was making it up as I went, but I just knew that I, I knew that I loved you guys and I knew that I wanted to spend time with you. That was like the main thing, right? Like the gift of time. Let's just be together. Let's be silly. Let's, I still remember that. Um, Remember that ratchet video? <laughs> yes, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> yes, I remember. Yeah. I think my niece pulls it up every once in a while. Uh huh. Exactly. <laughs> and and just for me, um, I think without realizing it, it was those moments. You know, I had my own traumas. You guys had yours, and those mm-hmm. were the moments that we were holding on to when. We had to go home to these difficult circumstances. We'd pull up our little phones or whatever it was yeah. and just laugh and go, oh, my gosh, this, this, these, they're just too much, you know? 
Um, so, so that's great. Yeah. You can't change anybody, but you can certainly support people right where they're at. So thinking now, I just, the other day I watched Fruitville again, and, um, it's always like, it's so hard to watch. You ever watch the movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I watched it when it came out. I haven't seen it in a few years, but I have watched yeah. it. Yeah, and I always see, yeah, I always see, you know, his mom, Wanda, just doing, uh, raising awareness. Um, Oscar's mom, Wanda, just raising awareness. And just now there's a, a day, right? An Oscar Grant day in the city of Oakland, which is uh, amazing. And um, I'm just so grateful that more and more it, there's more light being shed on, you know, any kind of violence, um, in particular right. police violence, uh, gang violence, um, domestic right. violence, gender based violence, all of it. I feel like there's a lot of light being shed on these different issues. Um, do you feel yeah. like this is a good time for you to be in the role that you're in? I do. Mm-hmm. I do feel like it's a good time, but I wouldn't say because of how everything's grown um, into fruition with everything going on. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I mean, in a way, like, regardless if it was a good time or not, I would be doing it. Mm-hmm. Meaning, yeah, I got, I got what you're saying. Like, it needs to be done no matter what. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's, it's, um, it's not that it's e- It's an easy time. That's not what I'm, I'm I'm not implying that at all. I think it's still hard, but I just feel like it's so very needed and people are starting to say, we need this. We need more empathy in the, you know, in the inner city. We need more, we, we need to better communication. We need, Mm -hmm. we need to stop depending on government systems to um, fix our cultural challenges or right. our mental health challenges like you know yeah right i'm just really excited to help people on an individual level even though of course i love kids and uh, youth this can even be adult just really mm-hmm. helping people understand who they are and yeah. getting the drive to make sure that they're okay yeah because and so everybody needs somebody that they can listen to yeah and that was going to ask you how do you do that do you make yourself do you find that people are always calling you and asking for advice? I would say more of my experience here at the housing authority, right? Um, it's less intimate, meaning like it's less individual type of interaction. However, I can literally witness somebody come in pleading for help about their housing and be brushed off. And so I want to be that person in whatever field I am, that when you get me, you're going to get that help. Because I've been there. I've been there, you know, not having money, needing help. I don't have a car. I've been there and I need help. And I know how it feels. So I can't imagine brushing somebody off who's in that same situation. I've been there not knowing how to read. Of course, like reading, but like not understanding the language of these government systems and stuff. And I taught myself so far how to understand this type of interacting with people. But I want to be there to help individuals that in the places that I was in. Awesome. 
Well, we're, you know, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to find out what are you doing for self-care? Are you going to make sure that Andriana is good? What, what you doing? Are you going to go and take a trip to celebrate this accomplishment? I, I we got to know the, you know, I need to know what's going on. So when we come back, we're going to talk real quick about that and talk about how you can uh, get involved. We have our gala coming up. We want you to come out and enjoy with us. So we'll be right back. And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio, been having a great time with Andriana. And um, I just want to, so what are, what are you doing to celebrate? You know, you got your master's, you got your gig. What's going on? What are you doing? To be honest, I did not celebrate big. I literally just took time off and I decompressed. I just took the time to sleep finally, mm. to go spend time with loved ones. And just to do minor things that I like to do, whether it's cleaning or listening to music, draw, because before I finished my master's program, I was literally on schedule, on the go. Nothing can be done. I have to, if you want to hang out with me, you have to plan with me like three weeks and have dance. So I really just took the time to just care for myself. Nice. Wow. So amazing. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. So awesome. Well, um, I am going to put a little shout out to you all. So if you want to send, I'm going to, I'm going to take Andriana out for lunch very soon. And if you want to send Andriana a congratulations card uh, for the, a job well done, feel free to send that to me. Uh, Send it to Vanessa Russell uh, or to Andriana Johnson, care of Vanessa Russell. 6937 Village Parkway, number 2074, Dublin, California, 94568. And I'm sure she'd love to see your cards. Um, Send them over my way. I'll be taking her out here 
in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully I can get on her schedule now that she's freed up a little bit. My schedule is crazy, but her schedule is freed up a little bit. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll plan to do that. And then also want to invite you all to come out and join us for our annual virtual gala. It is on March the 6th from 5 to 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. And we have some amazing speakers and artists that will be there. Uh, we have Becca Charleston, who is, uh, she's just such an inspiration. Um, and she is a survivor leader and um, has just done amazing work as the executive director of Valiant Hearts, um, which is a ministry dedicated to eradicating sexual exploitation. At the age of 17 is when uh, Rebecca became a victim of sex trafficking, ran away from home, and then was a victim for more than 10 years with multiple traffickers. Um, She was able to escape when federal authorities finally um, rescued her. She's an advocate for victims of human trafficking. She's a consultant with the National Crime Criminal Justice Training Center, a mother, honors graduate student, and she has a beautiful story of hope and restoration. She's going to be talking about her story. So please join us um, to hear from her. Also, we have... um, a, uh, a group of young people that are art, you know, I always like got to have young people in art always. So we have uh, the West Side um, uh, Hark the Heralds um, jazz band. And uh, these wow. these are three young men, um, Viotis. I don't know if you remember Viotis, Andriana, but um, he's now like an amazing singer, uh, pianist, sax player, just multi-gifted. And he's uh, leading a band with um, Sean and Xavier and some other folks. And so they're going to be playing um, some jazz music for us. And um, and these are like 20 year old young men that are just doing some big stuff, guys, the beautiful music that they play. Um, and then uh, Bella, who's a beautiful singer um, from Livermore. She's or not Livermore. I always say Livermore um, from Danville. She's just doing a beautiful singer as well. She'll be opening us up with a beautiful song from Whitney Houston. We have a poem, poet uh, who will be sharing a um, South African inspired poem. Uh, her name is Venus. And uh, she is, it's an original poem she wrote specifically for our gala. It's going to be a fun time. And at the end, we're going to have an after party where we're going to view our first short film, which is called Tagged Your It, produced by Social Element Productions, Ana Onograta, who you heard on the radio last week. And you don't want to miss it. It's going to be a 20 minute short film. She's received an award at other short film festivals. Great vision. It's going to be very good about a young lady who's ensnared in trafficking. Also a a child who's being abused and 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 a woman who's living an affluent life who's being abused and all the cross sections of their relationship. So you don't want to miss these, um, this event. You can get your ticket at loveneverfailsus.com forward slash events. And you can also become a sponsor. It's not too late. You can get a table, um, 10 people table. It's a virtual event. So um, you can join from anywhere from five to six 30. That's Sunday on March the 6th. So join us. Also just want to remind you that um, we are um, 
we we're always interested in get engaging with you and Hayward. If you're around there at our community engagement center, we are open from 12 to 5 p.m. Uh, Monday through Friday. And that's 22580 Grand Street in Hayward, California. Cross Street is A Street. We also have offices in Oakland, San Jose, uh, East Palo Alto, Sam, um, San Francisco and Antioch. Uh, but um, if you need help, if you need support, please uh, come and, you know, see about us. Come check us out. Go to our website at loveneverfailsus.com. All right. Well, we're going to call this a day. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed this time with the, the powerful Andriana Johnson. We hope that you're enjoying Black History Month. And most of all, if you haven't heard it before or if you need to hear it again, remember that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.